Hi, welcome to Spiritual Weight Loss. I'm your host, Kelsey. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is a fantastic one. We're going to be talking about breakdowns. Anytime we start something new, there will be a moment when we are faced with just not wanting to do the thing we said we wanted to do. And a lot of times that's where diets fail. It's like, man, why can I just not keep on track with this? So we're going to look at why that happens, what we can do about it, and the spiritual components that can help us move forward and actually have success. So let's get started. All right. So breakdowns. What are we talking about? In the beginning, we set out to do something. We had a plan. We started to work the plan. And then inevitably something happens. Something that's just doesn't fit with what our goal is. And it could be an action we take, a thought we have. And it doesn't align with what we're set out to do. And we label that a failure. So I want to take the case that failure is a morality conversation. What? Meaning there's an area of life where we have judgments. We judge something bad. We judge something good. We, we assess it. We have an opinion about it. And that's morality. What if failure doesn't mean that we're bad? It doesn't mean that there's something wrong. What if The word failure just means that in this moment, something isn't going the way I intended to go. I had an idea and this wasn't it. Okay, great. What if we stopped adding to that piece, that moment, instead of adding the guilt, the shame, the opinions, the judgment, if what if we didn't have that on top of what just happened. So you're at a party, you're, you were doing great all day. And then, oh my gosh, there it is. The thing you can't resist. And you're a little bit hungry and you're like, oh man. And you do what you do. You either eat it or you don't. Okay. So you eat it. All right. You ate it. Then what? What happens? Where does your mind go? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? It's there, right there, that we are adding way more than it ever warrants. It's consider that that experience, the judgment, the shame, the guilt, consider that actually is the crook in all this. The thing you ate, it's a thing you ate. Guess what? Your body's going to digest it and it's going to leave you. And you know what? If you look at all the other things you had that day or you go for a little walk or you drink some water, that thing you just did will be a blip on the radar. But when we add the guilt, the shame, the hurt, the why do I do this to myself, the judgment, that is lasting. That is the damage. And what if that is what kept the weight on? 
What if it wasn't the food in the beginning? What if it wasn't the food at all? What if our feelings had weight? What if our judgments had weight? So there's a case for practicing letting it go. You did what you did. You ate what you ate. You didn't eat what you didn't eat. Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Did you taste it? Did you, did it even taste good? What if you were to actually celebrate how delicious that thing was or be grateful for whoever brought, brought it, whoever cooked it, whoever made it, be grateful. And what if we had different experience attached to the action we just had? So that goes to the mindset. And we are really just a collection of habits. And our thoughts and feelings are also very much habits. So it doesn't take much to kind of ask yourself, well, what what is it like for me when I quote unquote screw up or do don't do the thing I wanted to do? So all you have to do is look back at your past. What have you done before? So it just takes, you know, just a little bit of being mindful of like just taking a moment for yourself and ask yourself, how, how have I acted in the past? What kind of, th- kind of conversations did I have with myself? And make a declaration that no more, no more. I don't, you're not going to do that to yourself. You're going to actually look at the, piece of food, the action you took, and just move on. The sooner you let it go, the the better off you are. I've been running a weight loss group on Facebook for, I think we're on six years now, and we've had many, many women. And it's been fascinating watching how we all, no matter what size we are, no matter what our background is with diets, you can be 120 pounds or 350 pounds. It doesn't matter. We all struggle. There's a girl on there. She used to be 200 and something pounds, maybe even 300. And now she's 140 pounds and she's fit. She's healthy. And She's maintained for over two years and she is not immune to moments of feeling overwhelmed or guilty or, you know, and she, but the beautiful part of it is she's aware, she's mindful and she's forgiving of herself. And, and it's like every, every time we choose to eat something, It is an opportunity to start over. So you had a piece of cheesecake at the party. Okay. Well, the next time you choose something, start over. And just say, it's a new moment. There, it's very common to be in the trap where, oh shoot, I screwed up. Well, there goes my diet and you just throw the whole thing out the window or there goes my weekend 
Because if you did it, if say you screwed up on a Friday, you're like, well, there goes my weekend. And then you got Saturday and Sunday where you just eat whatever you want and be mindless. And then there's the, well, if you started on Monday, if you started the diet on Monday and you screwed up Monday afternoon, well, there goes your diet for the week. All those thoughts that you just exerted about, well, there goes my diet this weekend. There goes my diet this week. That is absolutely made up. You declared it and now you're going to live in it. You know how many calories extra you'll consume because you said screw it. So what if you take the case that every meal is a chance to start over and there is no diet starts Monday or the weekend, or it, what if it, there wasn't even compartmentalized like that? What if it's just every moment? It's a relationship between you and food. It's a relationship between you and yourself. Food isn't even the thing. Look at food as a gift and how you relate to it is your relationship to yourself. What if we had, there's people that have conversations like, well, I deserve this piece of cheesecake. So the cheesecake's still cheesecake. It's going to have whatever calories it's going to have. But the juice and the meat for all this, the gold, is the word deserve. You deserve cheesecake. What you earned cheesecake. What is that? Let's look into that because that's where the real interesting piece comes because the opposite of I deserve this is somewhere exists in your psyche is I don't deserve this. Why on earth do you believe you don't deserve something? What, who are you such that you are not allowed something? As far as I know, we woke up and we are free-willed human beings. And we absolutely can have anything we want, anytime, just simply because we are born. And we live in this amazing earth where we have so much at our fingertips. Does that mean we get it all? No, but what it means is that we can choose We have the freedom to choose in every moment. There is something beautiful about choosing a piece of cheesecake at a party and choosing it and enjoying it. Then stumbling upon it and thinking, you know what? I deserve this. And then eating it and then feeling guilty. They're two separate paths. The same actions occur, but one is coming from a source of love And then the other is coming from another source. And let's just call it not love. Likely, it will be fear at some level, but that fear is going to be kind of hiding (laughs) under many layers of stuff before we really can sit with the actual fact that we might be fearful. And that may not translate right away as what? Cheesecake equals fear? What are we doing? But underneath there's layers. It could be worthlessness. It could be deserving. There's so many layers. And so food can be an access 
to getting to the truth of who we are. Connecting to ourselves, to our truth of who we really are. And who we really are is love. Pure love. Everywhere and anywhere. In every moment. We have love. Available. And if we're experiencing not love, that means we are in the way of that. And that just means that we've had hurts along the way and we put some barriers up to kind of protect us and keep us from being hurt again. But we're safe now. Whatever that was back then is no longer here. But we don't live like it's no longer here. We live like, but we don't want it to happen again. And so we protect ourselves. But now we've woken up and we're looking around and we're protecting, but we've forgotten what and why. And the, the thing is not even around and likely will never resurface. But we don't know that. So oftentimes you've, I've heard it where women have extra weight and right away it, it comes to be that they're using it as protection. It could be to hide from unwanted attention. It could be wanting to feel bigger in this world, take up more space to be heard, to be seen. And that all will get uncovered as we take a look at and really just ask ourselves and be curious as to why do I choose to eat what I eat and not eat what I don't eat? And how am I along the way of this? So it's really great picking a diet and then kind of like waiting for the moment that we might fail because that's where we get to do the work and that's where we get to dive in and see what's really running the show. So it's common when we take on a spiritual weight loss journey, not just weight loss, but a spiritual weight loss journey is to carve out special time for ourselves. Could be journaling at night or journaling in the morning or a little bit of meditation. Can even be 10 minutes. But we need time alone, quiet, with our thoughts and our feelings. Time to reflect. Because if we don't do that and we get busy in the day and we're running around, we it's a way to escape in a way. So my suggestion is, as you take on this journey, just give yourself 10 minutes, 15 minutes, well, an hour would be great, but sometimes we don't have that. So 10 minutes, lay in your bed before bed and just go over the day and Go over challenges you've had or any times you've had feeling or non-feeling, almost like numbness or, wow, the day just got away from me and I don't remember a thing. It's like, well, where were you? What was going on? So the, just like anything, the best plan in a diet is one where you're proactive. So seeing the pitfalls before they even occur and creating a plan for those pitfalls. So taking a moment 
and looking back at any past failures, any diets that didn't work or any situations you had where you would consider a failure, even though I don't like that word, but I'm going to use it. So anytime there was something that happened that you just didn't go the way you wanted it to go. So for me, I know that if I'm stressed and I get invited out and we go to a pub, I, I deal with and struggle with wanting a beer, even though I actually don't enjoy how I feel after. And then after one beer, I usually kind of get peckish and like, oh, and then I kind of go into the, ah, screw it mode. I know that about me. So I know that that's one pitfall I have and I can deny it and say, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. But I actually know it is a struggle and I more often fail in that scenario than I am successful. I don't like the feeling of sitting there having water and eating carrot sticks at a pub. That is not fulfilling to me while someone else is like having a burger or something like that. Just, I feel like I am so on a diet in that moment and it's so in my face. So that's one I deal with. Um, Another one would be going to a party, like I said, and having a spread of food around. And I I get kind of like, I want one of everything. That one of everything probably could add up to a lot. So that's another scenario. So taking moments out and kind of picking the five top scenarios of where I am most likely not to make great decisions and then look at what can I do instead. So often with the pub scenario, I'll either not go um, and that's fine. And I've already dealt with that where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm not just not into it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And that's that. And it's over. And I've, I've been okay with that now to a point where I can say it and it doesn't even make me feel bad or go through any emotions that way. Or there's times I do go, but I make sure that I go when I'm going to make choices, no matter what, like I'll have a burger, I'll have a beer and I'm going to love it and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to savor it. I'm not going to feel guilty and that I set myself up for success that way. So I have my scenario planned out. And um, with the buffet type of scenario, one person in my diet group made this really great suggestion years ago. And she has a three bite rule, where if she wants to try something, she'll take three satisfying bites, and then she stops. And at first I'm like, oh yeah, nice. Give me a break. But actually having three bites, sometimes it's actually only one bite and it's like, oh, I actually don't like the taste of this one. And other times it's like, these are the three best bites of my life. And I've extended it to giving myself permission that if that three bites were amazing and I don't feel satisfied and I know I'm okay with it, I will get a small plate and enjoy more. But rarely does that happen, which is great. Um, So it's a practice I've had. So it's about coping strategies, right? Planning ahead. At the end of the day, 
Being mindful really is the secret to success. When we go mindless and we just kind of float along, something else takes over, our subconscious takes over, our fears take over. We are, we, the big royal we, we are not in charge anymore. But the moment we're mindful and we kind of wake up to the situation at hand and we are present in the moment, we are powerful. We get to say how this goes. There's no it going, oh man, I just, I don't know what came over me. Wake up. We are powerful beyond measure. We got this. We have to connect back to that. In session one, I talk about the big, what is your why? So if you need to remind yourself, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Because that will help. The other thing to note too, is that there are some pretty big culprits out there that we have to fight against. The media is one and sugar is another. So with the media, it is not immune to drive by a billboard and not even realize that that piece of pizza, that picture of pizza just did something to our brain. And it's like, oh man, oh, what I love pizza right now. Now we have to manage that. We, ha- we have a craving, a mind craving, and we have to actually deal with that. Same with sugar. Sugar is really, really, uh, I've had my own personal experience with sugar, having been off it for a long time and then allowing myself to enjoy some sugar on my birthday. I am aware that it takes me three days to combat the cravings that my brain have for sugar. The following day, I literally wanted like a chocolate bar. And I I knew it was because of the sugar withdrawal I had from the day before. It took three days of, no, I don't, no, I don't want a chocolate bar. No, I don't want a chocolate bar. I'm back on track. I'm back on track. I can do this. I can do this. Three days for that craving to finally dissipate where it didn't actually like overwhelm my brain and flood me with, come on, come on, you want this. So I'm very, you know, I'm very mindful of when I have sugar, I'm almost even more armored up the next few days of like, all right, I'm going to battle with this sugar craving. So that comes from experience. And with media, it, um, it's, it's present, it's aware. And, um, so when you're in a craving moment, you know, ask yourself, is it, a, where did I get this from? You know, did I have a lot of sh- sugar the, the day before? Did I get a suggestion? Did somebody suggest to me something? And now it's in my brain. And the power comes from, if it was an outside suggestion, we can then say yes or no, whether we're interested in entertaining that idea. And again, it comes back to bringing the power back home. We're the ones in control. We get to say how this goes. It also takes about 90 seconds for a thought to run its course or a feeling to run its course. So I call it the shiny object syndrome. 
where I'm overwhelmed with an idea. Like someone said, we should go to a movie and have some popcorn. I'm like, oh, popcorn would be so good. Not if, if I can work hard for 90 seconds to just think about something other than popcorn, 90 seconds, my brain will find something else to think about. So if we, if we know we have like a 90 second struggle, then you kind of, I call it the shiny object because you want to dangle a shiny object somewhere else. What it was, was my son was about one or one and a half years old and he was having a meltdown. And it literally was like what I literally grabbed a shiny object and dangled it in front of him to get his attention on something else. Because whatever he was obsessing about, he couldn't let it go. So I grabbed some jewelry and I started jingling it. And it, it was enough to kind of go, huh? And move his attention somewhere else and stop the tantrum. And I believe it's no different. When we are in a craving and we are obsessing over it, dangle something, anything could be. And that's why they say, go have a bath, go for a walk. You know, we're just trying to get our attention off of it. Because that piece of pizza that you saw on the billboard, that's gone. You've driven home. You're now somewhere in a totally different environment. And if you distract yourself enough, you'll actually forget about the craving of pizza. And if you distract yourself enough and you choose a healthy option and you actually are full, your body will not be sending out the craving signals and the hunger signals signals to want that pizza and want the other things. So quickly grab a piece of fruit, shove it in your mouth, get some nutrient nutrients in your in your body and get your mind off of what you were thinking. 90 seconds. And then you are back to your power. And it comes back down to what is your why? You have to have a why. Why are you doing this? You have to have it so inspiring and exciting and have emotion around it that in those moments where you're fighting off the craving and you're working hard to be on your plan, you can hold on to the vision and say, I got this. So right now my vision is dropping the kids off in September at school and, and being in a certain size and wearing a certain outfit that doesn't fit me right now and rocking it and working it and feeling fantastic. And so I go over that why in my head, like every day and I visualize it and I think about it. And then when I have those moments of craving or I want to take on a different path that doesn't serve me, I go back to that vision and say, you know, would that girl eat that? And often, often, often it's no. So having the why can just be that anchor that gets you out of the situation. And lastly, plan for it. Plan for the times where you're just going to say screw it and do it. But enjoy it, love it, and get back on track the next meal. So thank you everybody for tuning in. I really hope this was a value to you. Hope it gave you some tips and tools on how to get through those moments because they are just moments. 
I'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and connect with me. You can email me. I'd love to hear how it's going for you, any struggles you have, breakthroughs you have. Let's talk.